friends. Welcome to Talking By Myself. I'm your podcast host, Layla Rosa. I actually have a really long whole name, but I'm not going to tell that right now. Maybe someday. Stay tuned. That's all I can say. Um, right now I'm drinking some tea in my closet because that's where I record my podcasts. And it's also where I've been doing a lot of acting submissions. And I'm really surprised by... I'm so happy and just, like, enthralled by how much, um... Yeah, auditions I've had during this quarantine. Um, and this kind of perfectly segues into a couple things, so... I just got done doing two productions uh, via Zoom. One was a live recording. And so we had like uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday shows, Sunday shows. And that was called FU Aristotle. And that was through Reno Little Theater. And then I just wrapped recording on um, another little thing that I'm doing with Reno Little Theater. And um, it's kind of a cool concept. Basically... There, it's like the idea of um, having, you take a play, and in this case, it's all new writing. It's all writing that was happening, I guess, during the the pandemic, during uh, COVID-19 that is still going on. And basically, it's assigned to different directors and different actors. And like, you'll have the case where um, one scene will be done by one group of actors and a director, and then the same scene will be done by another group of actors and directors and that's going to come out on August 1st. Um, it's going to be streaming on Reno Little Theater. They're going to stream it actually on YouTube and it's a thing called Ghost Light TV on YouTube and that's been a lot of the local arts um, community in Reno streaming on that uh, YouTube page I guess I would call it. So that's coming out on August 1st. So really thankful for that. And then literally last night, I was just recording um, an audition for something that uh, would be really awesome to be a part of. I'm not going to go into detail about that because you never know how these things go. You just got to you got to see what if they, they like you recording and if they do, then you do it. But if they you, they don't, you just move on as an actor and. Sometimes I go into that voice because it's just my my voice of reason sometimes. I've got a lot of voices, um, but that one just it came comes out sometimes. Um, so anyways, uh, I'm sitting here in my closet, as I said. Oh, that's another great thing that came out um, during quarantine was my closet studio. So I uh, got some lights in here, and I, I got this mic that I'm recording on. So exciting. And uh, I went around my house and I just looked for random stuff that I thought could help with my studio. So I got some milk crates in here because I mount my lights on them. And then I got a bed sheet that I stole from my mom's <laughs> bed. But it's it's sick because it's got it's like a deep purple, but it looks almost black. Um, and it's perfect for videos and like photos. And it's just it's really awesome. And I think it helps with the sound quality as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm sitting here in my closet and I'm drinking some really delicious tea. It is the brand Yogi tea and I want to go ahead and read you whatever it says in the back. Okay, so this is what 
and I'm just reading this now, I'm just discovering this, and this is what it says. The principal ingredient of life is love. That's, thank you, T, that's like really nice. Um, and it's true, actually. <sighs> There's not enough love in this world. Sometimes it feels like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel that way. Um, and it's funny because I'm sitting in this closet and I can hear the rain outside. I can hear the pitter patter of the rain falling and that's, that's really a nice ambience. I don't know if maybe you can hear it on this podcast. Maybe you can't, I don't know, but it's uh, currently raining. That's really nice. We need it in the desert. Um, other things that I've been doing well, um, I'm still at the same place I've been working at. And, uh, I actually just got done. It was really fun. I just went to the local hot springs with my dad and that was just awesome. Cause I actually got to swim a little bit and it just is really, I, I forget how therapeutic swimming is. Like it's so calming. And so I'm feeling real chilled out about that. Um, it's, it's, it's good stuff, man. You got to take it. Self-care is, so 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 important and i feel that oftentimes it in this in this world it's so much become like i don't know like it's become how can i put this uh sort of made fun of and but it's like dude if in the metaphor of like you know you have your cup and you have another cup and if you're always like having holes in your cup you're always pouring out. You're never pouring in and keeping and retaining that whatever you're putting into yourself, <clears throat> metaphorically speaking. And, you know, that for me and a lot of people, uh, I would hope so. That's self-care. And um, self-care is really multifaceted and it really does lend that idea, really lends uh, self-care, lends itself to today's topic, which I'm nicely just going to segue into. Um, and today I really wanted just to share some information on intuitive eating. Um, and I want to also say that this is by no means going to be a one and done episode. Um, I'm probably going to keep talking about it because I'm going through it. I'm, I'm working through my own disordered eating and my, um, my anxiety and, uh, I guess just that whole kind of that thing. And, and I'm sharing it as you all know. Um, and so today I was looking at, I was going back to the original book of intuitive eating because I don't know if many of you know this, but I actually, um, I finished it, but I also got the handbook, which has some fun, uh, maybe not so fun. I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm just starting it. It's like a workbook, um, edition of intuitive eating. Um, it's going to be really probably super introspective and I'm hoping that I'll get a lot of information from that, but, um, I want to go ahead and start to talk about our topic today on intuitive eating and what it's been for me. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read some excerpts from the intuitive eating handbook. So this is not the full book. I have both in front of me right now and I will be referencing both. But um, I just like the foreword from the handbook. Um, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to start reading those, uh, some of these excerpts that I found here that I, that really resonated with me. 
and I hope they do the same for you. So this is from the foreword, and here we go. You may feel overwhelmed by dieting's promise, which give no lasting return. You may be tired of being preoccupied with food as it consumes your valuable time and zaps your energy. You may be frustrated with hating your body, always feeling that you're fighting it. You may desire an alternative way of relating to food, eating, and your body, one that is characterized by kindness rather than criticism. That really resonated with me um, because kind of what happened during session when I was handed this book was I felt that all what I was doing was just stuck in this horrible shame cycle and stuck in this cycle of hypercriticism. And um, like so many of us in today's society, uh, I I truly believe are trapped in that. Um, And there's a lot of reasons for it. The media definitely doesn't help. And I'm, I'm really thankful that they do touch on that topic in this book. Um, so, yeah, uh, that really resonated with me there. And I'm going to go ahead and continue to read some of it. And I'm going to share with you. Um, first, I'm going to share with you the definition, actually, because I think that's important to define what it actually is, what it's not. So the definition of intuitive eating is... So they created intuitive eating, defined as a flexible style of eating in which you largely follow your internal sensations of hunger and satiety to gouge when to eat, what to eat, and when to stop eating. Following intuitive eating builds trust in your body. To be clear, intuitive eating is a process of relearning instincts we once knew. We are born intuitive eaters, but cultural messages to diet and to lose weight often infiltrate our minds and sway us away from listening to our bodies. Thus, intuitive eating stands in contrast to dieting, which entails rigidly using external rules to determine when, what, and how much to eat. Following diet plans erodes trust in your body. For me... That was really huge to read the definition. And uh, when I first got the book, I mean, it, it just brought up so much in myself and it brought up so many questions of what all these years I had been taking in through messaging, whatever it was through. It could be family members and it definitely was. It could be um, like Uh, media or the random person you see on the street or whoever it is like and a lot of time it it had come across to me as unsolicited commentary or advice disguised as wanting to really help you or be concerned about your health but really I mean there I feel in my own experience there really hasn't been a true concern for health there is rather a way of always being told what to do, when to do, how to do it. And I'm really journeying, journey, I can't talk right now. I am journeying, journeying, gosh, that word was hard, out of that right now. Um, and, and I'm very, it's hard. It's a hard process. I'm not going to understate that. I'm not going to pretend like it's not difficult. It's extremely difficult, but it's so worth it. It's so worth to get back to this, this, um, thing that we were really born as we were really born intuitive 
intuitively and to know what our body needs, wants, and um, we just experience this disconnect, I feel. Some of us really do, and I'm one of those people. Okay. Um, I did mention in the past a little bit about trauma and how that uh, impacts, you know, our body, our mind-body connection, and it just makes so much sense to me. It really does. Um, I'm going to move on a little bit more now. All right. So now I'm going to be talking about the 10 principles of intuitive eating. And um, I'm going to go ahead and be referencing the um, the whole, the, the version of the intuitive eating that came out in, da, 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 da. it was before the one that just came out. So they just released another book, the, the updated version. And this one I believe came out in, let me look. Oh, 2012. So I'm reading from the 2012 Intuitive Eating uh, book. So I'm not reading from the handbook this time, the actual book. So I'm going to go ahead and just uh, list each principle. And they have lovely put a little um, summary of each principle below. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. Okay, so here we go. So principle number one, reject the diet mentality. And they say, throw out the diet books, magazine articles that offer you false hope of losing weight quickly, easily, and permanently. Get angry at the lies that have fed, that have led you to feel as if you were a failure every time a new diet stopped working and you gained all of, all of the weight back. If you allow even one small hope to linger that a new and better diet might be lurking around the corner, it will prevent you from being free to rediscover intuitive eating. Principle number two, honor your hunger. Keep your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbohydrates. Otherwise, you can trigger a primal drive to overeat. Once you reach the moment of excessive hunger, all intentions of moderate conscious eating are fleeting and irrelevant. Learn to honor their, this first biological signal sets the stage for rebuilding trust with yourself and food. Okay, that word is super important. Trust. Remember that. I'm going to circle back in a minute. All right, I know these principles might seem very, very abstract because um, I'm reading it. I'm understanding it from the context of reading the whole book. And I'm just now I'm just telling you um, these principles and you're probably like, this sounds, it could sound a little... Um, could sound a little off, I guess, to somebody who hasn't personally looked into it, but uh, stay with me here. So we're going to go ahead and move on to principle number three. Make peace with food. Call a truce. Stop the food fight. Give yourself unconditional permission to eat. If you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, it can lead to intense feelings of deprivation that build into an uncontrollable craving and often binging. When you finally give in to your forbidden food, eating will be experienced with such intensity. It usually results in a last supper overeating and overwhelming guilt. Okay, that's that's another one that I know people are going to might be a little bit like, what do you mean unconditional? That's like, so I'm going to overeat. Hold on, hold on, hold on, people. Don't go there yet. Stay with me. Okay, principle number four. Challenge the food police. Hey, that sounds familiar, right? Scream a loud no to the thoughts in your head that declare you're a that you're good. 
for eating minimal calories are bad because you ate a piece of chocolate cake. The food police monitor the unreasonable rules that dieting has created. That's a key sentence right there. The police station is housed deep in your psyche and its loudspeaker shouts negative barbs, hopeless phrases, and guilt-provoking indicaments. Chasing the food police away is a critical step in returning to intuitive eating. Holy freaking moly. This is so hard. This step was so hard for me. I mean, oh, I'm struggling. I'm still struggling, guys. Principle number five. Feel your fullness. Listen for the body signals that tell you that you are no longer hungry. Observe the signals that show that you are comfortably full. Pause in the middle of a meal or food and ask yourself how the food tastes and what your current fullness level is. This is a beautiful step. Um, there's a lot to it. That doesn't do it justice. I'm not going to lie. It just doesn't. Um, but it's really powerful in my personal experience. Um, step six. Uh, or I should say rather principle six because there's no, it's, there's, it's not a linear path. It's really not, guys. It's not linear. Um, so the sixth step uh, principle, excuse me, is discover the satisfaction factor. This is one of my favorite. So they say the Japanese have the wisdom to promote pleasure as one of their goals of healthy living. In our fury to be thin and healthy, we often overlook one of the most basic gifts of existence. The pleasure and satisfaction that can be found in the eating experience. When you eat what you really want in an environment that is inviting and conductive, the pleasure you derive will be a powerful force in helping you feel satisfied and content. By providing this experience for yourself, you will find that it takes much less food to decide you've had enough. Woo! I love this step. It's fun. Oh man. I I have to be honest though. Um it's hard. I have a really hard time letting myself enjoy it. And it, it could be the most the food that I love the most. And I I genuinely struggle with it. And I still struggle, guys. I'm not going to act like I have it all together because I don't. I don't. I'm with you. All right, step 7. Cope with your emotions without using food. Ooh. All right. So they say, find ways to comfort, nurture, distract, and resolve your issues without using food. Anxiety, loneliness, boredom, and anger are all emotions we experience throughout life. Each has its own trigger and each has its own appeasement. Food won't fix any of these feelings. It may comfort for the short term, distract from the pain, or even numb you into a food hangover, but food won't solve the problem. If anything, eating for an emotional hunger will only make you feel worse in the long run. You ultimately have to deal with the source of the emotion as well as the discomfort of overeating. Oh man, that's a deep one. That's a deep one. Principle eight, respect your body. Accept your genetic blueprint, just as a person with a shoe size of eight would not expect to be realistically squeezing into a size six. 
it is equally as futile and uncomfortable to have the same expectation with body size. But mostly, respect your body so you can feel better about who you are. It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you are unrealistic and overly critical about your body shape. Oh man, I don't have this one together at all. I'm working on it though. I'm really working on it. And what I love about it too is they actually go into some detail and they talk about different ways to respect your body, which is outside of eating, like taking bubble baths or like massages, hugs, or like uh, there's something that I realize I'm going to be super transparent right now. Um, It's one of the things that are listed below it is to quit the body check game. So that's something where you you compare yourself to everybody else in the room. And then for me, it goes a little bit uh, more further. Um, like something I do and I have to stop doing it is I think I'm OK with saying this. I, I, I am very obsessive about checking my body constantly, especially when I'm not around people. Like I will walk by a mirror and I will look at it um, in a very unhealthy way Um and it, it feels a lot of it's it's really something kind of difficult to explain because it happens in the psyche. Um, and uh, but it, it definitely manifests in a very obsessive constant checking. It's really tired. It's really I'm really tired just talking about it, actually. Um, it's something that I'm I'm still very honest about that I do and I'm, I'm trying not to do it. But it's really it's really hard. It's hard, guys. OK, so principle, I'm going to keep moving. Uh, principle number nine. So exercise, feel the difference. Forget militant exercise, just get active and feel the difference. Shift your focus to how it feels to move your body rather than the calorie burning effective exercise. If you focus on how you feel from working out, such as energize, it can make the difference between rolling out of bed for a brisk morning walk or hitting the snooze alarm. If when you wake up, your only goal is to lose weight, it is usually not a motivating factor in that moment of time. Yep. 100%. 100%. And I, I don't know where I'm at in this journey on number on principle nine. Um, I, I'm, I'm back at the gym and I'm moving in ways that feel really good. Um, I'm getting really surprised by what feels good, what I'm really enjoying. And some of it I'm just like, yeah, I don't think I want to do that anymore because it feels really bad. I'm really hurting myself um, with this exercise. So it's interesting. Lastly, we're almost there. So principle number 10. Honor your health with gentle nutrition. Make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making you feel well. Remember that you don't have to eat a perfect diet to be healthy. You will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or gain weight from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It is what you eat consistently over time that matters. Progress not perfection, is what counts. Oh, man. Perfection. Ugh. D-E-E-D. So that stands for disordered eating or eating disorders. We, ooh, perfectionism is uh, is really, really tied up in that. I talked a little bit about that last week. So I really hope that you found that um, to spark your interest um, I'm going to go ahead and that was the 10 principles and now I'm going to move on to some additional commentary that is actually from the handbook and then we'll kind of start to wrap this up 
but I do think it's very important. Um, I feel it's personally important to get some of this information out there. So go, go ahead and move on to the next segment. You know what? I need to talk about some of these obstacles. So there's a great little passage in the actual handbook. So I'm going back to the handbook of intuitive eating. And it says, obstacles to introspective awareness usually originate from your mind in the form of thoughts, beliefs, and rules, such as rules about what you should or should not eat, beliefs about what a healthy body should look like, and, a judge- and judgmental thoughts about good food versus bad food. Part of the antidote is challenging these beliefs, rules, and thoughts while cultivating a kind and compassionate view along your journey to becoming an intuitive eater. I mean, this just brings my, like, I just get, like, goosebumps when I read that. Um, because, for me, that just, it screams hope. Um, and it screams joy. And it, it makes me just get excited and, and want that. Um, and I'm, I'm really trying to journey towards that what they've just described there of just, you know, cultivating um, kind and compassionate view of like myself, my body, food, and others um, while I'm journeying to becoming, uh, to rediscovering my intuitive eater self within. Um, and I just, I, I, I just, I cannot say this enough. Um, I just want to encourage though, rather, because like, I can't change your mind if you're not there. Um, and nobody can change anybody's mind. Let me just completely back up. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I just want to share that for me, it's been a hope in the darkness. Um, and I, I've had a couple people like approach me and be like, think it's a diet. And I'm like, it's not a diet. That's really not what I'm working on. Um, and so I just encourage people. There's plenty of podcasts out there. I listen to one. It's called Food Psych with Christy Harrison. And, uh, that's, it's got a lot of, lot of different, um, episodes on there with different guests. And she answers a lot of questions that were really helpful for me. And, um, throughout this intuitive eating process, I'll go ahead and share this piece of information. I actually, in addition to it, I finally anchored down and I did an allergy test and a food allergy test. Um, and I had suspicions throughout the years, but I never, I just thought, I didn't know, like, I just thought, I just always felt like crap because I was always like, I mean, you, you have to understand that my, my eating was very disordered. So, um, I just thought that was my natural state of feeling. I didn't know there was a way to feel different. So I finally did a food allergy test and I come to discover I've got a lot more than I thought I did. Um, and I'm working through that. I'm testing out things. Um, I'm not, you know, eliminating, uh, whole food groups, which is very much diet mentality, diet culture. Um, but I'm rather, this is where it talks about that principle of like honoring your health and honoring your body. So I, I, I brought this into sort of awareness of like, these are what it says, but let's work with it and let's see how we, we feel. If we choose to eat something that we're quote unquote allergic to, does it make me feel good? And so I'm kind of asking myself those questions and walking myself like a little kid, like a little toddler through this process. Um, because that's one thing you you just got to be super, I've had to be very, 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 very self-compassionate and kind. And it, trust me, it's so hard, but you know what? I, I feel a lot more happier about things already. Um, and, and, and overall holistically, I think that's, uh, kind of what intuitive eating does a great job of. It's, it's very holistic and 
you know, it's brought, I mean, oh, I could say so much. It's made me realize things in other areas of my life that I didn't know. Like, it's crazy. I'll have to do like more stuff on that in the future. But um, I do hope that you found this at least intriguing or helpful, or maybe it's something you needed to hear or whatever. But um, I'm going to go ahead and start closing down this episode. And hmm, what am I learning? I, I want to end my episode with what I'm learning. Um, I think I kind of already said it though. Um, I'm, I think I'm really learning right now to be curious without judgment. I'm going to say that again. Being curious, but not judgmental. It's challenging, very challenging because I realize how many judgments I make throughout a day about myself or other people or about different views or like anything. I just think that's so important to, to really tap into this curiosity. And, um, I think it gets a bad rap. I think curiosity for me has gotten really, uh, it's gotten muddy in my mind, but it's actually, it's very childlike and it's very beautiful. And it's honestly a gift. Um, and there's a way to be curious. Um, for everybody's different. So that's what I'm learning. And uh, thank you so much again for just listening to this podcast, taking interest. And I truly hope that you found this helpful. And I will see you all. I will hear you all. I don't know what I'm going to say. I want to see you. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I will talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to Talking By Myself.